Well, good morning. You know, I had a little bit of a dilemma today. I was kind of reviewing my sermon last night, and I thought, okay, Christmas is over, so tomorrow morning when I greet people, do I say Merry Christmas still, or do we go ahead and a week early say Happy New Year? So I, I was a little bit of a dilemma till somebody told me today that this is National Boxing Day. Now I have no idea if that means like putting on gloves and boxing or boxing stuff back up and putting it in the attic, but happy Boxing Day, okay? And I wanna let you guys know for two years in a row, you guys have been, been great, okay? I did not receive one single fruitcake. Not in the mail, not in person, not left in the mailbox as a trick. I was so excited about that. Now, the birds in the backyard are kind of disappointed about that because they really look forward to it every year. Well, we spent the last four weeks preparing for what we celebrated yesterday, Christmas. Christmas is an easy subject to preach about, and the Sunday before Christmas, it's you pretty much already know you're going to have a Christmas sermon. But the Sunday after Christmas, which the day after Christmas Sunday only happens once every seven years, it's one of the toughest subjects to, to speak on because do you continue to preach on Christmas again? Do you continue to look for the new year? What do you do? So that's why I titled this sermon, Christmas is Over, Now What? Christmas is a very special day, and I gotta tell you, I love everything about Christmas. The sights, the smells, the sounds, the excitement. I love the energy that people bring at Christmas time. And you don't know what Christmas is all about until you miss it. And last year, I missed Christmas. I missed Christmas Eve. I missed getting to worship with you guys. So I was at home sick with COVID last year, and I, and I was really pretty sick. And so I completely missed it. But once Christmas is over, there always seems to be this kind of a letdown, doesn't there? Well, what, what's next? You probably by this point have opened all of your presents. Today you'll be eating Christmas leftovers. You may have some gifts to return tomorrow. You may still have some guests or may, they may have already gone home. But it truly is a very special time. But have you noticed it just doesn't last? While people are so generous and kind and loving, right before Christmas, it seems like the day after Christmas, people go back to normal, don't they? If you don't believe me, drive around Enid tomorrow and see if people are still polite on the street tomorrow. Get behind somebody in a long checkout line and see if they're still kind and generous like they were two days before. Wouldn't it be great if we somehow could make Christmas last and this joy and happiness that we've experienced over this last month, if we could keep it going? You see, by this time tomorrow, some of you will have already taken down your Christmas trees. And you've already will have packed up your nativity boxes and all that will have gone up into storage. A couple of years ago, actually, I think it was three years ago, we had a really tough 
Christmas as far as nativity sets at our house. We had three of them either broken or destroyed. Two of them by, you know, over-anxious grandkids that were playing with the nativity sets and broke them. And one had the head of baby Jesus chewed off by our dog, okay? This is a, a clay nativity set that came from Peru that was given to my wife when her cousin was over there as a, as a missionary, and baby Jesus got his head chewed off. Grandkids love to play with nativity sets, don't they? Yesterday, believe it or not, I actually saw a Barbie doll playing in the nativity set with baby Jesus in my house. The first reaction that we have when we see kids playing with the nativity set and baby Jesus is what? Don't touch it. Leave that alone. We treat Jesus almost like the elf on the shelf, you know. It's only to be looked at, but you can't touch baby Jesus. But do you realize that's what we do with Jesus? We get him out of storage. We unpack him. We put our nativity sets there. And for a few weeks out of the year, we enjoy Jesus. Then when Christmas is over, we put him back in the tissue paper, we wrap him up, and he goes back in the attic not to be seen or heard from till next year. But when we only celebrate Jesus one month out of the year, or, or maybe even just one day, we've missed what Christmas is all about. So today, Christmas might be over, the holiday might be behind us, but Christmas isn't. So how do we go on celebrating Christ? Whenever I've got a question, what do I do? I turn to Scripture. And this is what I found in Scripture, and this is what Paul said to Timothy right in the middle of a letter challenging him. He said in 2 Timothy 2.8, Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. You see what Paul was saying right here to Timothy he was right in the middle of this passage. Don't forget Jesus. That's my good news. That's my gospel. That's what my life is all about. It's all about Jesus. And so Paul realized it wasn't just a single day of celebrating Jesus, but that he had found hope in Jesus Christ. And that was the good news. And it was not found in any kind of a Christmas gift. He found the hope of Jesus. I was talking to one of our uh, church members uh, this week, and they were telling me they just weren't able to get out and, and do much shopping this year, and so they were just going to send some uh, checks, you know, with some Christmas cards. I said, well, I hope you don't do like that lady I read about last year that she wasn't able to get out and do any shopping because of the pandemic and, and things. And so she sat down and she addressed a Christmas card to all of her grandkids, kids and grandkids. And, and uh, she wrote a check out for each one of them. But in her card, she said, I was unable to shop this year. Go buy your own gift. Well, things were great until a week or so after Christmas, and she was cleaning her desk off, and there she found the stack of checks that she had forgot to mail. <laughs> so the kids got their Christmas card. 
how do you know? What'd you get from grandma this year? She didn't get me anything. Said, buy my own gift. Isn't that great? Turn with me, Philippians chapter 2. We're going to begin reading with verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth. You know, I have no idea what you got for Christmas this year, whether you got a card in the mail that just said, buy your own gift, or whether you got something really meaningful. But I want to give you a couple observations about Christmas that I, I kind of found while, while preparing this. What was the real Christmas present? It wasn't found under a tree. It was the presence of Jesus. The real gift of Christmas was his presence with us personally. Emmanuel literally means God with us. That means that he's not some distant idol on a shelf, that he's not some picture of, of a God that we serve, but he literally came and dwelled among us. The largest statue of Jesus is found in Brazil, in the city of Rio de Janeiro. And it's a 90-foot-tall statue of Jesus. You probably have seen pictures of this. But if you look closely, the eyes of Jesus are kind of hollowed out, sunk way back. And right here on his chest is a little stone heart. You have to kind of look close to see it. Now, I don't know about you, but that really doesn't represent Jesus to me as a stone-hearted, distant, kind of uninvolved God. That's not the Jesus that we read about in the Bible that showed up. That's not the Jesus that said, I will carry your burdens. That's not the Jesus who invited us to come alongside of him, to draw near to him. That's not the Jesus that said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, Jesus came to show us that the real present of Christmas was his presence, the presence of God himself. Another observation is about the lights, you know, and I don't know exactly how all the celebration of lights began, but you know, there's a lot of light celebrations, and I like the lights. This year, I, I kind of downscaled. I only wrapped a few trees, put up our Frosty the Snowman, and, you know, just kind of thought, that's good enough this year. Draped a few around the hedges, but I didn't put any on, on the house. But do you know what the real light of, of Christmas is? The real light of Christmas is Jesus. Christ showing up in the midst of a, of a dark world. 
In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, there's a lot of stuff in our world and our life that causes darkness. Boy, you don't have to go very far right now to, to realize that we live in a pretty dark world. There's a lot of things to get discouraged, to get unhappy, to take our focus off of Jesus. Jesus came to be that light, to shine, to expose all the darkness, and to remove all that darkness from our life. And so the light of Jesus shines the dark spots, and it gives us hope. I think all of us this year are hoping that 2022 brings more hope and more light than 2021. There was a lot of things that happened in 2021 that we consider are, are pretty dark and robbed and stole our hope. Jesus is the light of the world. I want to also make an observation about the trees. We put up an artificial tree now, and that's not my preference, okay? I just want to tell you that. My preference is a real one, a real live tree. I like the smell. I like the feel. I like having that presence in, in my house. But I got outvoted, so we have an artificial tree now. If you haven't been downtown, uh, we have a big tree downtown called the One Tree. It represents the Christ tree, the largest fresh-cut tree in the United States. That, that poor tree has had a tough year, though. Part of it broke off, got repaired, then it, it's gone through two historic windstorms, okay? But it's still standing. But the real Christmas tree isn't a pine or a fir. It was a tree that was shaped in the cross. That's why Paul said in Philippians 2.8, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. So the real gift of what God does for us is on the cross. That's what we remember. And in a few moments when we take communion, we'll remember what he did for us on the cross. That's the real Christmas tree. You see, the Christmas story and the Easter story are really one and the same. Most of us don't have a problem inviting baby Jesus into our home, and we don't have a problem with a baby in a manger, but boy, this world sure has a problem with a Savior on the cross, doesn't it? And so we keep him in a shoebox in storage for most of the year, and we bring him out one month out of the year. Three things real quickly I want to share with you that I think will help us keep the Christmas celebration going all year long. Number one is tell Jesus every day that you love him. Psalm 18 verse 1 says, I love you, Lord. Lord, my strength. We need to tell Jesus how much we love him. Now, I want to tell you, I get sometimes busy and preoccupied, and I get just like the people that ran the inn, that had no room for Jesus. Sometimes I get so busy doing church stuff, okay? I'm serving the church and serving the kingdom that I forget to love Jesus. 
And I forget to tell Jesus every day that I love him. Don't be like that guy who got complained to by his wife that said, you never tell me you love me anymore. Well, I told you once, if I change my mind, I'll let you know. Don't be that person, okay? We need to tell Jesus every day that we love him. Number two, you can celebrate all year long by filling your heart with songs of praise and life. If you listen to news all day, you're going to be discouraged and depressed. If you listen to what the world feeds into you through your news, uh, news flow into your timeline on Facebook or Twitter, or it's going to be a discouraging world. Fill your life and heart with some praises. Get some CDs or let, download some praise songs. And I think we still have our Church Oakwood playlist on Spotify. Is that right? Go on, uh, on Spotify and search Oakwood Christian Church and, and download our playlist. Start filling your heart and life with praise. And I guarantee if you do that, it will, it will feel like Christmas every day. Number three, and I, let me tell you, if you miss it, any, everything else I've said today, get this. The best way to celebrate Christmas is to invite Jesus into your heart and life. Christmas has been called the most wonderful time of the year for a reason. Because every Christmas season, we take time out of our busy schedules to celebrate Christmas, don't we? We decorate our homes, we eat, we wrap our presents, we open, open our gifts. But what if we kept that going all year long? You can by inviting Jesus into your life and heart. I want you to listen again what Paul said in verse 8. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name that the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So today the holiday might be over but it really isn't. Or will it be? Will you take Jesus, wrap him back up in that tissue paper and put him in that box and stuff him back in the attic where he'll be there safe, unseen, unheard from till next year when we get him down and we sing a few songs about him next year? Or will you allow Jesus to come into your heart and life and experience what we as Christians experience all year long? You see, for Christians, the world can't steal Jesus from us. Last year, Ron and Helen Meyer had their baby Jesus taken from their nativity scene. And they went out to investigate, and they found a, a ransom note. He had been kidnapped. And it said, if you ever want to see or hear from Jesus again, you'll put this message on your car and park it out front on Christmas Eve. And it was the symbol of the fish, but it had feet on it with Darwin written on the inside of the fish. Of course, they didn't do that. And they said, you know, we're not gonna bow to the pressure of the world or anyone else. You might be able to steal a plastic Jesus from our house, but you can't take Jesus from our heart. That thief though had a change of heart. Christmas morning, he showed back up. 
Every year there are probably cases of baby Jesus being stolen from nativity sets. But, and that's tragic, that's sad, but what's even more sad is when Jesus is stolen from our heart. When we allow Jesus to be taken from our heart. 